Please listen carefully. And now, live from the attic that smells like a basement in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two guys high-fiving with words, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast, Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast is our monthly segment called... Nerd alerts. Hot off the presses. We go to our field reporter, Mikey. Extra, extra. Who's been spending time all over the interwebs gathering all the latest geek nerd slash pop culture news yeah. for you. That's it. For us, but also for you. Because <laughs> it's stuff we like, and it's stuff we hope you like, and it's stuff that is cool. Uh, starting off hot, the thing that was, I think, the most internet buzzworthy at the moment is we got the new trailer for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. She-Hulk! Yes. Coming to Disney Plus on August 17th, we get to see Tatiana Maslany, Mark Ruffalo, Jamil Jamil, who wasn't in the trailer, sneakily enough, and a cameo by Tim Roth. That was surprising to me. Yes. Off the Dome thoughts on the trailer. So, She-Hulk... Here's a little blind spot. I don't know a whole lot about She-Hulk. Okay. Just no, like, big green lady. Yep. And so I, I was like, hmm, this seems interesting. And I saw the trailer and I'm like, hmm, interesting. Thought the CGI of She-Hulk was a little wonky. That seems to be some sort of consensus. Yeah. There's something weird about it. Yep. Because um, she's not, like, ripped out like uh, Bruce Banner Hulk is, you know? Well, she never was, but there's just something, I don't know. They're not hitting the Uncanny Valley right, like... I mean, the, the Hulk, maybe that's the problem, is that She-Hulk is too much of just a big, giant woman. Like an accented version of the normal yeah. person. Whereas, like, the Hulk is, he's not proportionate to a, <laughs> yeah even a really big, strong guy. He doesn't look right. Yep. So that's, it's easier to get away from the Uncanny Valley when you're making stuff look different. True. That's kind of how Avatar gets away with it, because mm-hmm. the blue people, their faces are more cat-like or they don't look totally like humans. True. Um, but She-Hulk is like literally just a, you take a woman, turn her green and like scale her up. <laughs> On the character <laughs> the character creation menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you just like um, 150% the size. There you go. Scale up. Yep. So that was kind of wonky. I got you. Um, but people who are fans of She-Hulk thought the feel of it was spot on. I'm with you because I, I didn't read the entire run of it, but I really, I think it's John Byrne. I might have that name wrong. But when it first, they brought her back, mm-hmm. I read one of the story arcs yeah. and enjoyed it because it had like a, almost like a Deadpool sensibility. Like mm. it was really a bunch of jokes in there, a bunch of her talking to the reader, like fourth yeah. wall stuff. Oh, wow. And it's like... You can tell the tone from the trailer. It's not your typical Marvel thing. It's not dark and mysterious like Moon Knight. It's not weird and fantastical like Loki. It's not saving a city like Falcon Mm. and Winter Soldier. This is essentially Marvel's take on Ally McBeal. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, it is. And, you know, that's the thing that Marvel's always done well and we've always talked about it is that they find what the character is and then make the product based on what that character is. So yes. it's like Spider-Man's a teenager in high school. Let's kind of pull teen movie tropes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they do that with everything. 
like Thor's more kind of fantasy stuff, so they kind of pull from that, yep. you know, as opposed to what our problem with DC is that they seem to try and just be like, this is action movie, mm-hmm. fit into action movie slot, and yes. then it just doesn't work right. So she's always been a lawyer. That's it. So then a female lawyer, like you said, Allie McBeal is the first thing that pops into my head. Yep. That's a dated reference. Though, it is but. dated, though. <laughs> but I can't think of any new... There's not a whole lot. I mean, there's like... Um, it's usually like a team of lawyers or like a firm. Yeah, like Law and Order yeah. isn't just, you know, one female protagonist. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of things. And, and that's mixed up. That's kind of a procedural mixed with law stuff. That's not just a straight True. law show. The what last thing I remember as a straight law show was like Boston Legal. Yeah. Judging Amy. I didn't watch much of that, but I, that's yeah. in my brain. But yeah, Boston Legal. But that was a long time ago, too. True. Wow. They haven't done a lot of straight law shows anymore. Or we're just not seeing them. Maybe. They're off our radar. It seemed to be like now that network TV is less of a prominent feature, maybe that's it. Because mm-hmm. those are always like network TV shows. But And it's interesting, too. I know from the uh, looking into it, one of the most recent appearances of She-Hulk was in the Fantastic Four animated series. Oh, okay. Where she was filling in for the thing. Oh, nice. That's a nice crossover. And I guess in a lot of the animated things, she's kind of like when she's she hulked out, she's kind of like a femme fatale type character. That makes sense. And it seemed like there was a little smattering of that in there when she was hulked out and going through the dating app yeah. or whatever. And taking out the street thug that comes up behind yeah. her and stuff like that. No, I'm curious. I'm curious to see the balance between, like, how much of it will be, like, legal procedural, you know, Mm -hmm. especially because she's now a superhero lawyer, which is even cooler. Like, we see Tim Roth there. He was abomination, so I hope Mm -hmm. we get, like, he's on trial for something, you know. But then we also get her and Hulk jumping around. I'm glad uh, Mark Ruffalo is back. Mm -hmm. I love the new Hulk, like, post-Avengers Hulk. Yeah. He he fits in perfectly because he's now kind of a goofball. So I'm curious what the balance is, how they're going to strike it. Smart Hulk's kind of controversial, I've found. Really? Yes. Some people don't like Smart Hulk. Too quippy? Too, too... I don't know. I think they just like... Hulk smash Hulk. Or, yeah, or the whole... I mean, it does get rid of the kind of the Jekyll and Hyde dynamic to the character. Yeah. So I get that, but Mm -hmm. it's Mark Ruffalo. Come on now. Yeah. No, (laughs) I have no problem with it. I'm just saying that's one of the uh, nerd debates out there. I got you. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. But like I hinted at, uh, Jamila Jamil from Good Place, we love her. Mm -hmm. I guess she's going to be the bad guy, Titania. Mm -hmm. But we don't see hide nor hair of her in this trailer. No, not at all. That'll be a reveal when we get the show on August 17th. Uh, onto the other trailer that released. We've talked about this on, on Nerd Alerts previous, so I won't dive deep into it, but I had to bring it up for a fun fact for Kevin. But the trailer is now out for Weird, the Al Yankovic story. I know, yeah. Daniel Ratcliffe as the titular character. Yeah. I got major UHF vibes like we were talking about because, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. the trailer's so over the top. I know. He's acting like a rock star, which. I don't think Weird Al... Like, he puts on a good show. He's he a showman. Show. But he's never been, like, the shirtless, spitting, <laughs> spitting beer rock type. I or, know. like, chopping through a jungle. I like, know. that's a I scene know. in there. But it also has this slapstick. He's like, I need an accordion. And then three yeah. come out of the side. But this. Dr. Demento's there. True. In the background. <laughs> or whoever's playing Dr. Demento. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Weird Al fan. He's one of the only celebrities I've actually touched. There you go. That I think, I think he's probably one of the few celebrities I've actually touched. <laughs> um, and uh, so I know it sounds weird, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I've always been a huge Weird Al fan, and 
It's funny because I've had discussions with people about, they're like, Daniel Radcliffe. And I'm like, no, it's perfect because it's so wrong. It is. But also, he's, it seems yeah. like he's like all in on it. Of course. Yeah. I mean, but again, that's what Weird Al would do anyway. But it's, it's, it's hilarious. Well, here's the fun fact, and it relates to that. Uh, the reason Daniel Radcliffe is actually starring as Weird Al mm-hmm. is because Weird Al saw an interview with Daniel Radcliffe on the Graham Norton show. Oh, I love that show. And part of that show is they do like party tricks or, yeah. you know, fun little facts about the yeah. guest and sort of get them to loosen up. <laughs> There's a lot of alcohol Well, that involved. helps too. That helps too. <laughs> but so, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe, this was a couple years ago, but apparently busted out a satirical comedy song by a guy named Tom Lehrer, who he's a mm-hmm. big fan of. And it's the, it, the song was singing all the elements of the periodic table. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So Daniel Radcliffe rattles off the whole song, sings oh, all the elements. Yeah. But apparently Weird Al saw that, mm-hmm. and he is also a huge Tom Lehrer fan. Yeah, a big influence, yeah. And so he was like, let's put him in my movie. No, that's great. Just from watching that interview. Wow, that's great. And Daniel Radcliffe's smart enough not to say no when Weird Al comes calling. <laughs> that's fun. Man, and l- let me just put a point here. Graham Norton Show... Now that Conan's retired, yep. Letterman's retired, yep. well, listen, everything else that's out there in late night, no offense, but offense intended, they it stinks. All <laughs> of them stink. Every last one of them stink. It's the critic. It stinks. But Graham Norton's over there in the UK killing it. I get it. His show's the best. It's hard to see full episodes. You have to go on YouTube and search around and stuff, but that show's a great follow yeah. On social media, you get to see clips. It's not just British celebrities. It's international celebrities, and there's a whole couch full of them, and they're all mixed up, and they're drinking wine yep. and getting loose, and it's hilarious. It's the best. And it's, it, I mean, he does do his job as far as, like, let me hit the bullet points of why you're up, mm-hmm. what you're promoting. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then they get silly and weird and yeah, it's just have tangents. Right. But, yeah, so. Do better, America. <laughs> It's probably time for the, well, I don't know. They seem to cycle them out every couple of generations, so mm-hmm. we'll see what the next generation has, I guess. Uh, but Weird, the Al Yankovic story, comes out on the Roku channel uh, fall this year, yes. so keep an eye out for that. No firm date yet, but I'd guess uh, September. So glad I have a Roku TV at the house right now. See? Get your Weird Al on mm-hmm. and sing along to all the songs, because it seems like they're going to put a whole bunch oh, yeah. in there. And then another big blockbuster internet splash is... Avatar is finally back. Jeez oh, Louise. After 11 years, 12 years, 13 years. It's going to be like when we finally get the last book from George R. R. Martin. Oh, yeah, when Game of Thrones finally yeah. ends. People are going to be like, what What happens now? <laughs> it's like, do you remember when the last book came out? Where were you? That's crazy. It's like... It's so long. It is real long for a sequel. Like crazy. Usually, like in this time frame, it's like a remake or a, <laughs> yeah. or a reboot or a retry. Yeah. yeah, this is just like nope. Remember what yeah. happened thirteen years ago? We're yeah. adding on to it. I don't remember. I saw the trailer and I was like, I can't even remember what happened. I mean, I have no clue. Just it's the story of Fern Gully. So, oh yeah, I, no, <laughs> no, it's the story of Fern Gully. No, but like I'm with you. It like I'd have to go back and rewatch it to get the finer points because like yeah, I no. don't know exactly where it left off and why we yeah. get to the water world that yeah. we're at now because that's what it is. It's Avatar: The Way of Water. Mm-hmm. But there are things I do like about the trailer. For as much as we kind of bag on Avatar and why does it get its own theme park, like that doesn't make any sense. But Avatar was like a visual spectacle yeah, when yeah. it first came out. And it seems like they've leveled up. They kept it looking like Avatar, mm-hmm. but everything seems a little bit more polished yeah. and a little bit more refined. 
also, it is on a water world, and James Cameron is like a deep sea guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I saw that whole loves, documentary where he went yeah. to the Marianas Trench. He's been in the Marianas Trench. He's been to the Titanic and like yeah, yeah, down yeah. there a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's got some National Geographic thing that he does stuff outside mm-hmm. of that as well. But that makes me happy for to see what he does with this, because this seems like him playing around with mm-hmm. the stuff he loves. like. Yeah. The monster design in the first Avatar was great, but I want to see some creepy-looking sea creatures, you know? Mm-hmm. Ah. Avatar is such a weird thing. I think I don't know if we've talked about it on the pod, but I know we've talked about it, about yeah. how that... It was, so, it was like the biggest thing ever, Yep. and then it just went away. It did. And, I mean, I, I guess this goes to show that if you don't, like, keep hammering on it and give that sequel three years later, like, right away, mm-hmm. it just goes away. I get you. Because it went, it went away. But the, see, that doesn't make sense either because there's tons of things that were never meant to have a sequel that come out that are huge. And like, I, I can't even think of like a cult thing with Avatar. True. You know, it, it's, it's not like, because some stuff, you know, that one thing comes out and it's, there's a cult thing. True. You know, like, like Buckaroo Bonsai with our buddy Not Scott mm-hmm. and stuff. He's not the only one, as much as I'm like, I don't get it. Or but, like a Rocky Horror picture yeah, show. Right, yeah, right, right. I mean, but but this was like the hugest thing ever, so huge, biggest movie ever, and then just nothing. It's so weird. I, I don't understand why, because it wasn't like it was bad or anything. True. It's, it's so strange to me. And still culturally relevant, though, because I'm pretty sure you can go like, hey, did you ever see that movie with the blue people? And people will be like, Avatar? <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> so, it's so weird. I'm with you. It's so strange. I mean, the, the rumor has always been that there, he has plans for five movies, and yeah, we're getting the I mean, second one this much later. I mean, when's the fifth one going to come out? I know. It's really, I'm interested to see how well it does. I'll, I'll be there. I won't yeah. lie. I'm there for the visual spectacle. That's a theater-going movie Oh, for, for sure. For sure. I'll be there, too. It's just such a strange phenomenon. I can't explain it. It's James Cameron. He's got that weird magic touch. But it's an opposite magic touch because, like I said, it was just huge and then gone. Like Titanic is still a thing. And it was in theaters for like two and a half years. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Weird. Maybe it has something to do with just the property in the world and it's too new and not really related to anything. I don't know. It's weird, right? It's all the Avatar, Nickelodeon's Avatar cartoon fans being like, no, this is the right Avatar. I'd almost say it's like too hard to cosplay but people do Ahsoka and you have to paint yourself like a color. That's true. To do it. So it's not like I have to paint myself blue. That's too much trouble. <laughs> you kind of have to be tall to really pull it off. Though. That's true, too. <laughs> like really tall. Uh, but like I said, directed by James Cameron, uh, all the faces from the first one are back. Zoe Saldana, Sam Worthington, Sigourney Weaver, Stephen Lang, Cliff Curtis, all the players. Is that the first place we saw Zoe Saldana, really? Because that, that, that was, was one, such a long time ago. Yeah, and... She had been in stuff previously, but this was before Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, yeah. and all that. So this was one of her first big, big yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, on the trailer, this is for me. I was fascinated by this. This sort of caught me by surprise. Um, not really based on, it's not a comic book movie. It's not a superhero movie, but uh, it's done by George Miller, the director of the Mad Max series. Oh, which yeah. I love. Mm-hmm. But he has a new movie coming out called 3,000 Years of Longing. Okay. The main players are Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. Mm-hmm. Heavy hitters right there. Yeah, for sure. And it's a genie movie. I know. I saw the trailer. It's mental, it's, as it, British people would say. It's totally mental. <laughs> mental, isn't it? <laughs> this, I guess it's a, a brainchild of his. It is based on a short story, but uh-huh. this has George Miller's theatrical touch all over it. Just the weird characters, the creepy scenery, 
I mean, it's a genie movie, but you can tell from the trailer that it's like the genie everybody's familiar with. Like you make wish and then it's like, oh no, I didn't mean it that way. Yeah. I didn't ask for 12 million ducks. Yeah, or you know, no, it's like I want a million bucks, and then you have a million male deer. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> which very much seems the theme of this movie. Yeah. So I'm curious. Yeah, it looked interesting. It's kind of like Aladdin for grownups, exactly. In a lot of ways, and it looked like. Did you get the vibe that like he was like showing her what other people wished for because she can't decide what to wish for, so he's giving examples yep. of things from the past. Which I mean, that's like good framework storytelling. Like, yeah. it, here's the here's the genie's past history. Let's go like a Christmas Carol. Like, let's go see the past errors. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty cool. Interesting. It's, it seems real interesting. Yeah, it's in the hands of George Miller, so I, I I'm, I'm gonna check it out solely based on that. But Idris Elba is a giant genie. Is perfect. I love it. <laughs> Wonder if he has the you can't wish for more wishes rule. We don't know. Yeah. There's a weird scene they hint at where he's like, I wish I never met you, and he starts to fade away. So, like, what are the parameters? Yeah. But a great trailer. We get a sense of what's going on, mm-hmm. but they don't spoil too much. That's true, yeah. Unlike that, what was the movie I was complaining about? Oh, the... The unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't need to see that movie now. They show me the whole thing. <laughs> I watched the shortened version of it. <laughs> I watched it at 10 times speed. But on the George Miller tip, there wasn't a trailer for this, but this is a headline. Uh, Mad Max is coming back. Oh. As Mad Max, but it's just called Furiosa. Furiosa. Exactly. It's the origin story set before Fury Road uh, to tell the origin story of the character that Charlize Theron played. Oh, cool. But this time it's the younger character being played by Anya Taylor-Joy from The Queen's Gambit. Oh, Wait, is she supposed to grow up to be Charlize Theron? Yes. Yeah, it doesn't track, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's a little it's a little Hollywood suspension of disbelief. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. But she always looks like she's like confused. But she's it's, it's just the way her face looks. It's ex- fine. Exactly. Yeah, no offense. You're very very pretty lady, but very much so. She's got the, that mystique. But at the same time, it looks like she's like, what's happening right now? But perfect in a post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. setting. I mean, like that makes sense. <laughs> I, I can see you surviving. But I bring that up just because, so I can also just once again affirm my love for Mad Max Fury Road. That was one of it's the perfect action movie. It's one mm-hmm. of the best action movies I would say in the last decade, maybe even longer, because I think it came out in the last decade. But more George Miller, more Mad Max is always good by me. There's nothing like giant cobbled together vehicles blasting flames out of them with a with a guy playing guitar strapped <laughs> yeah. to the front of it. Oh, sign me up! I'll watch it twice. That's greatness. And I tried to tangent these as best I can, so here's the segue for oh. this one. So, Mad Max Fury Road had Nicholas Holt in it mm-hmm. as uh, all shiny and chrome and, you know, witness me. He's going to be the star in Universal Pictures movie called Renfield. That name doesn't sound familiar to you. It's actually the assistant slash slave slash possessed cursed sidekick to Dracula. Oh, wait, huh? Dracula had no... I forget the term for it. There's like, not acolyte, but something along those lines. But uh, if you remember the Gary Oldman Dracula, Tom Waits was crazy because that's his character. He was playing his version of Renfield, who's driven mad by Dracula. What is that called? It's not a familiar. That's what witches have. Well, it might be familiar. Is it? It's along those lines, though. There is a word for Oh. Not apprentice. No, I know what it (laughs) is, too. What is he called in... um... What about Guillermo? Is he's is he called a familiar in what we do in the shadows? Oh yeah, he is a familiar. So is we'll go with oh, that. See, when I think of familiar, like, you think an animal. Yeah, I think an think animal, animal from D and D. I think of Sabrina's cat. There you go. Yeah, 
But I guess Salem. if you're a vampire, then a human is an animal to you. So oh, well, yeah, it's like, actually, like a little pet. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> we solved it. Uh, but like I said, Nicholas Holt will be playing Renfield, uh, the tortured aide to history's most narcissistic boss, Dracula. Hmm. From the reading of this, it's being done by Chris McKay, who did the Lego Batman movie and the Tomorrow War, both oh. fun. And it's based on a pitch by Robert Kirkman, who is the writer of the comic books Walking Dead and Invincible. Oh, yeah, okay. This seems like they're pulling a what we do in the shadows and sort of going like what, you know, everybody knows Dracula, but who's whoever tells Renfield's story, so... Yeah. It, it seems like it's shaping up to be a dark satirical comedy. Oh, interesting. Which I hope they do with the Universal Movie Monsters. We did podcast oh, yeah. on that way back when, yeah. and they've tried to bring back like the legit monster movies, and those were terrible. Yeah. So I hope sort of doing the Marvels, not really Marvel, but like adding a little levity to it yeah. and skewing it a little bit mm-hmm. because they're so known. Yeah. I think that's fun. Playing around with it a little bit more. That would be fun. Are we going to get like the Igor movie next? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, there's sidekicks and all of those for the most part. Yeah. Also going to be there is Aquafina from Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten oh, Rings. Yeah. Ben Schwartz from Sonic and uh, Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. And uh, Adrian Martinez from The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh, yeah. No release date on it, but because we're fans of What We Do in the Shadows, I was like, this might be up our alley. Yeah. What We Do in the Shadows is so much fun. <laughs> That's you're one of the, dead, you're dead. that's one of those things you ever you ever get sad when like you've watched everything of it. Yep. And then you know there's more coming, but you're still sad because you can't watch it right now. Well, I will say a benefit of like binge watching some stuff is that like after a certain number of months or years, you can go back quicker to it because binging it I tend to forget more of it. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, I still know mm-hmm. the beats, but it's like, oh yeah, yeah I for- totally forgot this happened mm-hmm. in this episode. So give it a few months and maybe we can do a, a redo on what we do in the shadows. <laughs> a second look. Uh, now we're on to Star Wars news. Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Uh, by the time this comes out, Obi-Wan will have started. We know Ahsoka is coming, but that's all TV stuff. We've done Book of Boba Fett. We've done Mando. Now we're getting back to the movies and... Unfortunately, it's not specific. There's not too many details I have, but Kathleen Kennedy has made an announcement that Ryan Johnson, who is slated to do a trilogy, yeah. has been delayed. Oh, yeah. And they're apparently moving away from trilogies because she made some comment about how the movies are going to focus on persistent storytelling, which somehow reads to me like one-offs. Persistent storytelling. Yes. That's what a, a strange buzzword. That's it. it, it let me it, hold on. Here's the quote talking about Ryan Johnson is that, uh, he's been unbelievably busy with Knives Out, because apparently they're going to make a whole bunch of those. But Oh, really? Oh, okay. And the deal that he made with Netflix for multiple movies. Mm. But she says, I hesitate to use the word trilogies anymore because Star Wars is much more about persistent storytelling. Okay. Emphasis on persistent. Mm. I guess that's what Marvel does. Yes. Persistent storytelling. Yeah. And while they do have sequels, they tend to like break it up. and Yes. Yes. Interesting. I never like had a... Uh like a technical name, mm-hmm. I guess, to that way of storytelling, persistent storytelling. Interesting. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess they're realizing that the Marvel way is the better way to go with this stuff. True. And, um, like, with Rogue One and uh, Han Solo, yeah. like, people have their nitpicks about them, but they still did really well yeah, for being one shot. Yeah, well, I mean, Rogue One, out of all the new stuff, Rogue One gets the least amount of hate i guess Mm -hmm. not that that should matter because you know how we are with star wars it's all ice cream and it's all good you just might not like some of the flavors but it's still ice cream and ice cream's great always yeah i mean that's a good way to go with it and i think they're just 
It makes sense. Let's put more stuff out so people can forget about Ryan Johnson ruining Star Wars for them. You know, and then put some other stuff out. They'll forget. Then he'll get to do his thing. I'm I'm sure that's part of the reasoning behind it, too. I wouldn't be surprised. They will never come out and say that. Yeah, they're never going to say that. It does seem like a smart studio move. Like, like, oops, we... They even kind of admitted that that they kind of were like, yeah, yep, we should have planned this out a little better. <laughs> we were too focused on the trilogy and not persistent storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the good news that they buffered this with, yes, Ryan Johnson's movies or however you want to phrase it are being delayed, but they are moving up the one shot by Taika Waititi. Oh, man, that guy. He's blowing up. He's killing it, dude. He's moving. He's hustling. He is killing it. Oh, man. Running around with Rita Ora and stuff. Come (laughs) on, dude. That guy. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, there are no details about what his movie is specifically about. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's going to be awesome. But he has been slated to come out, and then the movie that will follow his is the Rogue Squadron movie, which I just realized now is a movie I was... Convinced that was a series. I thought it was too, but it's okay. Good. It's gonna Rogue Squadron will be a a, a movie directed by uh, Patty Jenkins who did Wonder oh, yeah, Woman. Yeah. yeah, I hope they do that good. Uh, but Taika Waititi mm-hmm. is crushing it. Not only does yeah. he have Thor: Love and Thunder mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, premiering and getting trailers mm-hmm. right now, apparently he's on board for a Flash Gordon movie, <gasps> a live action Akira, oh, a movie of his writing called Next Goal Wins, mm. and. A redo, a, a reboot. I don't know what the proper word, how they're phrasing it is, but he's signed on to do a new Time Bandits series. What? Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, how did I not mention this when it was announced? This on guy. Me? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, they're bringing Time Bandits back. It's pretty crazy. It's going to be coming to Apple TV. Uh, they're starting production this year, so we probably won't see it till the end of the year. But Peter Dinklage is rumored to be Randall. Oh, really? Uh, Terry Gilliam is apparently signed on as executive producer. Oh, well, yeah. And gets sort of a sign-off on it. Yeah. But we're getting more time bandits going through time and stealing precious treasures with a little kid. Yeah, yeah. you know, when I think about it, because I know that Peter Dinklage has been really, you know, vocal about how little people are represented in movies and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But when you think of um, Time Bandits, it was one of those things where it was kind of inconsequential that there were little people. Like, that's not what it was about. It was a group of adventurers. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was just, they just all happened to be little people. Exactly. Which, man, that that's that's the way you do that kind of stuff. Exactly. That's the way you do, you know, you can be diverse, you can be inclusive, mm-hmm. and make it incidental. You know, if you want to talk about it, it's, we were talking about James Cameron mm-hmm. with Alien and all that stuff. He wrote that stuff. All the characters just had last names. Oh, that's true. Like Ripley was just, and then he was just like open to whatever actor, male or female or other, would fit the roles. That makes sense. And then when Sigourney Weaver got it, he's like, okay, it's Ellen Ripley. And as opposed to, I forget what he said, Edward Ripley or something like like He had like a, you know, I just would have made it, you know, if a male had gotten a, won the role. But that, I mean... That makes sense, and it shows why it's successful. Because yeah. like people always tout Ripley as being like yeah. strong female lead. Yeah, and it that makes sense. It wasn't necessarily based on the the, no. the role wasn't written male or female. It's just yeah. this is a strong person that survives. Yeah. 
put Sigourney Weaver in there. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, in in my mind, if if you're a creator and you want to do that, just just do it that way. There you go. You know, and and write more original stuff like that. We don't need to <laughs> we don't need to do stuff where we're like, let's make this historical character something that they weren't, which doesn't make any sense to me. I get it. Write original stuff. And if you want them to be a diverse, go to those original countries where those people came from and find their awesome stories and put those on screen. Wouldn't that be awesome? Because I'm pretty sure there's some awesome African kings and stuff that you could do. There you go. Stories about. Absolutely. That we don't know anything about that would be totally original. And it would blow people's minds probably. So much lore. You saw what Black Panther did? That's like made up fake African lore. What about the real stuff? There's going to be some awesome real stories. True. Do that with Native Americans too. Some of those, some, they have some awesome lore and stories. Come on, maybe we'll get that with. Do that. better, Hollywood. Maybe we'll get that with that Predator movie that's with Native Americans. Oh yeah, probably not likely, but if they do, hey, that's a be a props to them. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Peter Dinklage, one of his upcoming projects that was just announced is they're bringing the Toxic Avenger back. Oh, really? And he's playing the Toxic <gasps> Avenger. He is. Yeah. Oh wow. It tickled me so much. So you know the Toxic Avenger. Yeah, it's so it's such it's such a weird kind of like footnote in my life. There you go. Now, did you ever see the movie? Like, I'm to be fair, I'm more familiar with the cartoon they tried to do for kids of mm. the Toxic Avenger. Okay, and I came to the trauma video movie mm-hmm. way later, and I was like, "What is happening to my yeah. brain right now?" Because completely different. Mm-hmm. But no, I I'm actually unfamiliar with the cartoon. Did they make the toys? The toys were for the cartoon, yep. right? Okay, so, and when was the cartoon? Was it in the 90s? Oh, if yeah, early 90s. Okay, perfect, because this is, I want to make sure my memory is, is correct, because I was working at Toys R Us in the early 90s. There you go. And I remember the Toxic Avenger toys, so that's my familiarity there. Mm-hmm. But I also remember getting the VHS <laughs> or seeing it on cable or something. I've seen it more than one. That movie is wacky. It's one of those like having a, having a sleepover with your friends, like put it on on a late yeah. Saturday night kind of movie. It's great though. Yeah, it is super wacky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the internet confirms toxic. It was Toxic Crusader, so it was a oh, team okay, of them, yeah. and it was ninety one. Yeah. Okay. Well, that tracks. But they are bringing this character back. It, uh, the Toxic Avenger was a, a struggling everyman who gets pushed into a vat of toxic waste. And he's transformed into a mutant freak who must go from shunned outcast to underdog hero as he races to save his friends, his family, and his community from the forces of corruption and greed. Didn't he fight with a mop? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Cleaning up the bad guys and having all those one-liners. And then it was like super like cheesy horror movie gore. And, yeah. But uh, in that vein, the people that are bringing it back have massive respect for trauma movie, and they're making it, it's going to be rated R. Like, they're going oh, all out. Oh, great. So they're sticking to the old vibe yeah. of it. Should be like, it's a very Deadpool, along the lines of Deadpool. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, Toxic Avengers coming back, and Peter Dinklage. And Tim is, is playing him. That's <laughs> it's great. That's what we're talking about again. Yep. Just fine. He's a little person now. Great. That's it. Who cares? <laughs> It's incidental to the yes, actual character. It's, great. it's like, no, Toxic Avenger has to be six yes, foot no. seven and look like Thor. Oh, I want more of that. Uh, and then other fun casting news. We just had an episode about Dune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had a nice roundtable about that. and we No spoilers, but we were quite favorable to it. Mm-hmm. So I've been I have a little alert set for more Dune news. Oh, so Dune Part Two is coming. Unfortunately, it's still a long long ways away. It's slated for October twenty twenty three, but 
the emperor that's putting all these machinations in play mm-hmm. for Harkonnen and, uh, and uh, Atreides mm-hmm. is going to be played by Christopher Walken. <gasps> I'm glad you made that face. Okay, because I made the same face. And then I thought about it, but then I went back to making that same face. The happy smile. Yeah. Christopher Walken has nabbed the plum role of Emperor Shaddam IV in Dune Part Two. I've got a fever. I, I had. I didn't to, sound like him at all. I just sound like I sound like Tony Bennett. I can't do that. It, it, I can't walking do it is either. so specific. I can't do it either. Why? 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 <laughs> no. And I, I did have the knee jerk reaction because like Christopher Walken is now sort of a comedic figure, like for his timing. I well, but I, he had his early career was super serious, like yeah, no. mobsters, uh, supernatural, creepy guys, mm-hmm. like real bad guys. Yeah. And then recently he was in a show called Severance. Great yeah. show. Highly recommend it. And he plays a like more dramatic role mm-hmm. in that. And I could, that having watched that, I was like, oh, I see him as an emperor. And oh, he could, he could totally do it. Absolutely. He's a song and dance man, too. Do you ever, is it the Moby? Is it a Moby video where he dances? Fat Boy Slim. Fat Boy Slim. <laughs> Why do I think it was Moby? It's same genre of music. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Same era of time, too. Yeah. But yeah, he's dancing all around the yeah. hotel and starts flying around. Yeah. One of the best music videos ever. It is one of the best music videos ever. And he's just walking, dancing for three and a half yeah. minutes. One little detail that I had to highlight, because I, I figured you'd trip up on this. All the regulars for Dune are slated to be in part two, obviously. Mm-hmm. Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, Javier Bardem. But there are two newcomers, oh. Austin Butler and Florence Pugh. <sighs> We're getting more Florence yeah. in our Dune. That's the, I'll take more Florence Pugh wherever I can get more Florence Pugh. <laughs> so it is a it, it is a little premature because, like I said, it's coming out next year. But oh, I'm so glad we're getting more of it. I know it's so crazy. I know we talked about it on the pod last week, but it's so crazy that it's just was it such it was a gamble. Yeah, like let's make part of it and see where it goes. Like no, make the whole thing. It's great though. Shoot it all at once, like Lord of the Rings did. No, way too expensive. Yeah. Uh, some quick little movie tidbits. Happy 25th anniversary to The Fifth Element. Oh, yeah. Your favorite. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed. Apparently, Nicolas Cage is getting phone calls about a face-off sequel. <laughs> Ana de Armas, who I loved in the newest James Bond, No Time to Die, is apparently going to be uh, in a John Wick spinoff called Ballerina. So we're oh. getting a femme fatale version of John Wick. Ooh. Sign me up. And then uh, the Batman sequel with Robert Pattinson, has mm. been approved and greenlit. Pattinson oh. returning and Matt Reeves writing and directing again. Robert Pattinson. How could it not? That movie did really well critically and it seemed with the fans. Very surprising. A lot of good conversations around it, yeah. Yeah, very surprising. I mean, I, I, I don't know why I'm surprised. I guess because fandom can be so fickle sometimes. <laughs> fickle, fickle, there you go. Fickle yes. is really the, the word for it. Fandom can be really fickle. Mm-hmm. I think part of it was people were just glad they could actually go to a theater again. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, maybe, hey, maybe that's the fact. <laughs> we'll have to see when the sequel comes out if that if it's the movie or just being cooped up. Be like, just show me something. <laughs> uh, but moving on to the smaller screen and television, this made me chuckle. Tommy Chong of Cheech and Chong has mm-hmm. been slated to return for That 90s Show, the sequel to That 70s Show. That 90s? Wait. Oh, they did That 80s Show. Yes. I was like, didn't they already do that 90s show? <laughs> they did that 80s show. Yeah. But this is that 90s show. Uh, all the 70s show characters, except for one, are coming back. But Red and Kitty Foreman are coming back. Oh, it's oh, so it's a, it's like a sequel. Mm-hmm. But, oh, see, because that 80s show was a totally different show. Yes. Okay. 
This one is paying more homage to the original, mm-hmm. with most of the original cast returning. Okay. But the funny part is the synopsis is, Hello, Wisconsin, it's 1995, and Leia Foreman... Princess Leia, daughter of Eric and Donna, hilarious, is visiting her grandparents for the summer, Red and Kitty, where she bonds with a new generation of Point Place kids under the watchful eye of Kitty and the stern glare of Red. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll never dies. It just changes clothes. Interesting. So who's who we got in it? Um, Topher Grace is coming back. Oh, is he really? Yeah, it's all the same people. They, oh, They're wow. just now parents and then... Interesting, because Topher Grace like left the show yeah. and kind of was deuces. Yep. With it, and then went off to do cool things. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are coming mm, back, yeah. but the characters are still written there. So, yeah. But now it focuses on their daughter, Leia, which is it's such a funny bit to me. Yeah. But here's my question. So, like, I watched the 70s show, and sure. I enjoyed it, but I, I had no, like, personal experience with the 70s. Mm-hmm. Wasn't born yet. So yeah. I remember the 90s vividly. Like. Yeah. I wonder how weird it's going to be if they like what they're going to harp on, whether they're going to get wrong or right. It's interesting because, yeah, I used I would I watched that 70s show because it was on so much, you know, reruns and all that stuff. That show was was really strong just based on the fact that so many people came out of it and kept doing stuff. Yes. It, was, it was the cat that was wonderfully cast mm-hmm. is really what it was. Very much so. And even though I was born in the 70s, I was a little kid in the 70s. And so I wasn't really being culturally impacted. Gotcha. I don't think. I'm more of an 80s and 90s kid. Mm-hmm. So watching that show was never like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it was kind of incidental. That show was really incidental that it was the 70s. They really didn't. Yeah. It they, wasn't like a Wonder Years kind of like trying to do like a true homage to a pastime, uh, really. But also there wasn't a lot of winking and nodding like, hey, remember this in the 70s? That's true. You know, they just kind of dressed in 70s clothes, lived in a 70s house. I don't remember a whole lot of like... Culturally 70s things. You know, like, uh, yeah, and the stuff that was there that I can recall, Fez was like, Disco's awesome, which made sense. Yep. You know, and then... And Hyde was like, you know, disco stinks, yep. like burn the records. And But that track, those were the kind of people that were there and existed back then. That makes so. me a little bit more hopeful, yeah, because you're right, because it was never like, I guess if they do a whole bunch of winking and nodding in this version of it, it'll be like, uh, you did it better, yeah. but... Because I'm, they did some stuff where they like had them like disco dancing, and but that was like parodying the Partridge family and the Brady Bunch when they did that kind of stuff, so... Yeah. It's called That 70s Show, so they're kind of parodying the shows that were on in the 70s. There you go. I, that's what I saw it as, because I did watch like Brady Bunch and mm-hmm. Partridge Family in reruns. Gotcha. So that's what it seemed like to me, is more of like, we're parodying those shows. So we'll get like more full house, step-by-step vibes. Yeah, that's what, I guess. if they're going to do it right, if yeah. they're going to do it like that, then they're going to be parodying like, you know, Full House and Family Matters there you and go. The, whole, the, the whole TGIF <laughs> Block. The, the 90s power hour block. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope so. That'd be funny. Oh, I can't wait to see those crazy, like, pastel, multicolored warm-ups. Exactly. That people used to wear back then. The starter jacket. Or not, <laughs> yeah, the, the, wind, <laughs> the windbreakers and the rollerblades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The weird, like, the middle part uh, haircut yeah. that oh, all yeah. the dudes had. Hair drapes. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of green and purple together. I hope. I hope it shows up. Uh, speaking of nostalgia, though, this warms my heart and also makes me hesitant, but they're making a Blockbuster series called Blockbuster about the video rental chain Blockbuster. <laughs> what? They're making a TV show about Blockbuster 
but it's going to be a office comedy kind of like sitcom. It's going to be a one-camera workplace comedy along the lines of The Office or Superstore. Superstore, yeah. Yep. Did you did you watch Superstore? No, I just oh, know okay. it exists. I actually really enjoyed it, so subtle recommendation for that. But here's the fun part about Blockbuster. It's going to star Randall Park from WandaVision and Fresh Off the Boat mm. and Melissa Fumero, Amy Santiago from oh, Brooklyn wow. Nine-Nine. Yeah, cool. Um, I have no idea what this is going to be like, but I spent... 10 years of my life working for Blockbuster. Oh, really? You worked at, I know you worked at a video store. I didn't know it was an actual Blockbuster. Yeah, back before it was then. Be kind, rewind. Exactly. I have that t-shirt. So I will be the nerd that'd be like, no, that's wrong. That's not (laughs) what happened. I know it's a sitcom, but yeah, I will totally be the dude that's picking out all the inaccuracies about Blockbuster just because I spent so much of my life there. So if they get something wrong, I'll be like, no, that's wrong. Um, But the hilarious part is, is that the series is coming to Netflix. And Netflix is the blockbuster killer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, talk about weird full Sweet circle. Sweet irony. And, like, I, when I left Blockbuster, was right when Netflix started, like, doing the DVD mail deliveries, like, mm-hmm. first started as a company. So I saw that transition happen. And it's just so funny. And I was like, hey, now we're, we're, we're paying Blockbuster to put on a show about it. Did they? Um, is, that one, is that one Blockbuster still exists? In Bend, Oregon, yes. Yeah, okay. Privately owned and still thriving. Hmm, interesting. If you want a Be Kind Rewind t-shirt, that's where I bought mine from. Oh. <laughs> but good on them for keeping it going. But yeah, Blockbuster is a thing, is a dinosaur lost to time. There's a document, Kevin Smith hosts some documentary where they talk about Blockbuster. Yeah, the well, I know they did like the last blockbuster. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, the last blockbuster on Earth. Mm-hmm. Good times. They better get it right though. <laughs> uh, but speaking of things, they I sh- almost hope they don't because I you don't <laughs> get grumpy very often, and I love to see grumpy Mikey. Oh, if if they do it badly, we can at least get one podcast out of it and be like, "Here's everything wrong about the show Blockbuster." <laughs> Verified by me, I was there. Uh, but speaking of it, sort of getting a second try at something, there was news on w- one of our passenger alerts about all the Marvel not MCU TV shows leaving Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Your Daredevils, your Jessica Joneses. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney is bringing those back into the fold by making it their own. Yep. Daredevil is coming back to Disney Plus with uh, Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio both returning. Oh. Oh, so they're like making more? They're making more. Oh, wow. In that in that same canon? Yes. Well, the canon, because the reason we know that those two actors are coming back is because they have been officially canonized in current Marvel things. Yeah. Kingpin, Vincent D'Onofrio, right, was in right, Hawkeye. Right. Yeah. Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock mm-hmm. was in Spider-Man No Way Home. That's right. So the timeline's going to be different. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Which had already kind of veered from mm-hmm. what they did in on the Netflix yeah. shows. But... It, those characters, those actors are coming back, oh, and now we're getting the f- official Marvel treatment of it. Cool. And with, I've always liked Daredevil. Oh, for sure. <laughs> this is statement. <laughs> I've always liked Daredevil. Marked, period. No- <laughs> Marked notated, and supported. <laughs> I don't have anything else. I've, I've always liked Daredevil. I and I, I I'm with you. That character's rad. I mean, the whole blind like echolocation thing is awesome, mm. and. With the things they were doing in Hawkeye and they have that spin-off Echo coming, they're building a world around it. Mm-hmm. So Daredevil has like a, a world to play in, mm-hmm. which makes it even better. I know I mean, yes, it's always Hell's Kitchen, but yeah. it gives it room to breathe and things for him to bounce off mm-hmm. of, probably literally and figuratively. <laughs> but now I'm with you. 
Super cool. He's like Batman with actual uh, actual ability. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Daredevil uh, in production at the moment. So wait, are they? Wait, hold on a second. Wait, are they gonna like? Is it gonna be like Echo and Daredevil, or we're we gonna have like blind versus deaf? That's it's a possibility. Oh wow! They said it, both those characters have interacted in the comics, and they're setting it up in the shows. Oh wow! I want to see Daredevil Hawkeye team up. Like that. Yeah. That'd be cool as hell. That would be really cool. Wow. Or have Daredevil take on some Black Widows? Who knows? There's so many things they could do. Fun, exciting. Oh, uh, we're getting we're getting the properties are becoming so familiar that we're getting into the comic book like crossover event territory. Yeah, yeah. And that was always fun. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Like Wolverine's in Fantastic Four now. Mm-hmm. It's like what? One of my favorite comics that I had was a um, Wolverine versus Captain America. Yes. I love how in the comics they get good guys to fight each other because they have a misunderstanding. Oh, and then, and then like there's some bigger bad guy that comes that they have to like team up and then they realize that they're both good guys. It's like, oh, you weren't so bad after all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was, that, you just gave me a nostalgia bomb. Like the poster I had in my childhood bedroom for the longest time was the huge poster of Wolverine striking Captain America's shield. Yeah. But it was like long and dramatic. Ooh, yeah. So cool. Uh, and then a final little nerd alerts, kind of a sad note, R.I.P. Norm MacDonald. But yeah. the good news is he actually shot a special before he passed. Oh. He was struggling with cancer, um, and he had numerous battles with it and unfortunately did succumb to it. But he prepared for that, and apparently he had a full hour ready to go. And with the timing of everything, couldn't work it out, so he recorded it himself in his house. Mm. So it, it might be weird because there's no audience there, but it's Norm MacDonald. Mm-hmm. And he did this with the mind state of what he was going into. Oh, wow. And this, I, as far as I can recall, this is the first thing, first time that's ever happened to get a posthumous release from a stand-up comedy. Wow. Uh, coming to Netflix at the end of this summer. So. Wow. That's amazing. There you go. But wow. R.I.P. Norm MacDonald. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're losing too many of our comedians. What's oh. going on right now? Be healthier. Come on. Yeah, well, that's true, too. But that's it. That's that's all the news that's fit to talk about that I could find. Nerd alerts. Closing up the nerd alerts feed. All right. Well, that was a great nerd alerts, Mikey. We want you guys to let us know how you feel about all the things we just talked about. Yeah, Are yeah. you excited about more Daredevil? Are you excited to see Peter Dinklage do all the things he's doing? Do you think Taika Waititi is killing it just like we do? Are you on his party train? You better be. Yeah. Let us know. You can hit us up on all the social medias at AssumingPod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mostly Instagram because that's pictures, and pictures are fun. Whoop, whoop. Uh, you can also send us uh, electronic mail, uh, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Dot com. Every week I say, Mikey, I'm Batman. No. <laughs> Where's the trigger? I don't know what's going on with my voice. Every week I say, Mikey, uh, how would you like them to format the Gmail? Ah, oh, what newsworthy way do I want your opinions delivered to me? Type it out in all caps, like it's breaking news. Like you can even type out the deets. You know, I'll count those deets and I'll say it out loud to make sure you hit the rhythm right. And he'll yell it because it's in all caps. Yep, but all caps, like breaking news. Tell me what your opinion is, so I know it's important and urgent. We want to thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, make sure that wherever you listen to this, you go there and you tap the like or the stars or the 10 or whatever the good ratings are. Smash that button. Give it to us. Uh, smash that like button. <laughs> Hit the bell. Subscribe. Um, 
All yeah. the fun stuff. All the fun stuff. And uh, please do tell your friends about our plucky little pod. And you know, you know what's a fun thing to do? You grab your friend's phone <laughs> and like you subscribe to the podcast on their phone and just make so it just downloads it. You know, they don't have to know. It's there you there. go. It just helps us out. Uh, <laughs> we want to thank you guys so much for listening. We also want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing. Not Scott Productions for our equipment. Jazz are for music. And we hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Excelsior! Do 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 do